Titus chapter 2, please. Titus 2. Thank you, Brother Williams, for reading that passage. Titus chapter 2. Look at that verse 13 again. I like this passage of Scripture. I like it. Looking for that blessed hope. Amen. Come on, looking for it, Brother Martini. Woo! Were your eyes on the eastern sky today going, well, over this way, right? Right? Come on. Lord, come on. Come quickly. Amen. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready to meet Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about us as a whole. I'm not talking about Christianity as a whole. I'm not talking about Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church as a whole. Yes, the gospel's been preached here for decades. Decades and decades. But I'm talking about you personally. Are you ready to meet Jesus Christ? Amen? Come on. Now the Bible says when he comes, he's going to rapture up the church. Now the word rapture is not in the scriptures but that what it says, caught up together, caught up together is that word rapture. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean that in the, the Latin word for that is rapier, and that's how we, we began to be, call it the rapture long ago, and it stuck. You can say caught up together. It means the same thing as rapture. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says he's coming for those that are saved. He's coming to call us home. Amen. But here it is, even if you're saved, are you ready to meet Jesus? Is my sin confessed before God? Am I really ready to... You you remember when you were a kid? Brother Shank, I don't know if this ever happened to you. I mean, definitely not Mrs. Shank, but probably Brother Shank. I mean, he was a kid, you know, and his daddy would give him a job to do, and he'd go away to work or whatever, and he'd come home, it's summertime, right? He'd come home... And Brother Shank, you know, he hears his daddy pulling in the driveway and he's, oh, I didn't do what daddy asked me to do. I got my hand in the cookie jar. Whatever it is, right? It's glorious to have daddy come on home when you're ready to meet him. It's a different thing when you're not ready. I asked you this morning, are you ready to meet Jesus? Yes. Come on now. Praise God. Whew. Listen here. There is no prophecy... There is no times of the seasons or signs of the times or anything like that that is going to hinder Jesus Christ from coming back. The Bible teaches that at any moment, I'm talking about any day, any hour, and any moment, He could appear and say, come on home. There is not one thing in Bible prophecy that hinders Jesus Christ from coming back. The only thing that does is the Father's Word. The Bible says the angels don't know when he's coming back. I believe, I have to double check it, but I believe it even says the son doesn't know when he's coming back. It's the father only. And the father's going to say, it's time. And Christ's going to say, "Woo! I've been waiting for this. Come on. Come on now. Now, listen here. He's excited and he's ready. L- listen, John 14 says this. Let not your hearts be troubled. We're not supposed to be troubled on this thing. Jesus said, let me read it to you. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. 
Now here it is. Listen to this. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. That's what my Jesus said. It's John chapter 14. Look it up if you'd like to. He said, I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back for you. Man, maybe today. Come on now. My Lord, uh, my, I done forgot that word anyways. Amen. I sing that too. That's awesome. I love it. I can't, I've been that way my whole life. I, I'm a song leader. I'd never remember the words. They even tried putting them on the screen for me and everything. I don't, I don't remember. I just make up my own words. Maybe today, my Jesus, I shall see. Amen. I don't know what the words are. Praise God. Hallelujah. He doesn't want me to sing that song. I'm going to move on, Brother John. I'm going to move right on. You got me? Brother John's, I, I don't want you to sing that song either. Keep going. All right. You know why? I, listen. Here's a song. I believe he's coming back like he said. I believe that the trumpet's going to sound so loud. One day it'll wake the dead. In the twinkling of an eye, he'll split the eastern sky. <coughs> Amen. Woo! I get so excited I can't even finish. Man, I'm telling you, you want to finish for me? You don't want to finish? How about you, Chris? You want to finish it? No? I got microphones up here. No finish? Okay, all right. Listen. I hope you're excited about Jesus coming back. Because it's going to be any time. Yeah, that's right. You know why I believe that? You know why the choir sang that? You know why I get excited about that song? Because Jesus Christ promised me that he was doing it. And he's never failed me yet. He's not going to either. Because his word says he's not going to. Look at all the prophecies in the Old Testament. And how he fulfilled all those prophecies in the New Testament. Why would I, why would I have a, even a, a little inkling of a reason to doubt him? Why? He's never failed. He's never lied. He's never come back on his promises. He's always been faithful in his word. And he said, I'm coming back for you. The, the passage that we often quote when we're talking about the Lord coming back is 1 Thessalonians 4. And it says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And it says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It ought to be a comfort knowing Jesus is coming back for you. Amen? Amen. Come on. Whew. What if all of a sudden, I mean, all of a sudden, you heard a voice like you've never heard before. What? The Bible says he's going to descend with a shout, right? And then the voice of an archangel. What do you think it's going to sound like? I don't think it's, I, I, I could be wrong here, but I just try to visualize this here in my ears, Brother Stanley. I don't think it's going to be like, hey guys. <laughs> I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing, come home, my children, or something, you know, something big and booming. I don't think it's going to be mistaken. We're going to mistake it for anything. A voice of an archangel. I don't know if that, I believe that means the Lord's going to come down and shout like he's excited. I think he's going to come down and say, woo! And all of a sudden we're going to have an archangel go, children, come, you know, the beloved, or whatever, right? That's what the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 4. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, be accurate to scripture, Brother Knight. I'm trying, okay? So, uh, 
You know, but anyways, it's going to be a voice like you never heard. And then the trump's going to sound. Do you think it's going to be like, you know, you might hear something two or three miles away? Like it's faint, you're trying to figure, is that really the trumpet that God, am I supposed to be listening for? I don't think so one bit. I think when Brother Stanley's up here on the pianos and he's going away and tickling the ivories and all that, it's going to blast him right out of the chair. I think that's what it's going to do, right off the bench. Whatever it's going to sound like, right? It's a big trumpet, right? You get the sound. Uh, uh, the Lord is here, right? Like, uh, like in old royal days when they'd lift up them big trumps, right? And sound for the royalty coming. Jesus Christ is coming in His glory for me and for you. Amen? I don't think we're going to mistake it one bit. I think it's going to, not, not, well, it's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. I know that. But knock us off our chair or whatever. Blow our socks off something. Get our attention, right? Come on. All right, now listen here. What if, what if that just all of a sudden we heard this shout and this big voice, right? And this trumpet. And then just, we heard this rumbling. You know, something's shaking. Something's rumbling. Brother Shank jumps up and he says, something's going on. He runs over the door and, the, and he looks out the door and the mausoleum's starting to break apart. Yeah? All of a sudden, all of a sudden Pastor Don goes, Imagine that. And then Mrs. Smith says, Honey, wait for me. And then she goes, Isn't that what the Bible says? That's what the Bible says. The dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then all of a sudden we're going to caught up with them. Praise God. And just like that, all of a sudden the sanctuary is down to just a few. Gets quiet all of a sudden, and there's a few left. Praise God, I'm not going to be one of them few. Why? Because I know that I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. That I have my, my name is written, praise God, above. And I'm waiting for Him to come back and get me. But I wonder today, if you doubt your salvation, if you're wondering about this thing, if you're not saved, the Bible says you will be left. Say, so, well, I'll get saved that day. That ain't possible. That is not possible. Brother Jake, it ain't possible, is it? Ain't possible because God says in 2 Thessalonians that He's going to bring, He's going to leave a great delusion on the people here. And the Bible says that you will believe a lie that Antichrist will come to power and you will believe it. You can't get saved when, when Jesus comes. It's too late. That day is too late for you. He said, Today is the day of salvation. He said, Today is the day when we're, when we're uh, allowed and when we're, when we're able to be saved. And I know people, I'm telling you what, today, if people are getting away from the Word of God and they're saying, you know what, that's a bunch of hocus pocus. That's a bunch of nonsense. I can't believe what you're saying. It sounds like Hollywood done made that up. Listen, I didn't say it, God did. And He said it multitudes of times in His Word. I read to you from Titus. He says it again in 1 Thessalonians. Let me read to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Praise God. We shall be changed. No more insulin pumps around here. Tell you what, changed. Glorified body. Right? Talk about a weight loss program. You think the Lord's going to let us go and be, you know, obese in heaven? He said glorified body, I assume. You know, I don't know. We're going to be ripped. 
What do you think? Brother Rubio, he's excited about that. He's like, this is what I'm going to look like in heaven. I can't, I can't put my arms straight because my muscles are so big. Amen? You think they got any full-length mirrors in heaven? Probably not because they're not going to be vanity, right? And all that stuff. But Brother Rubio, I think you're going to be, you're going to be ripped, Moody. Okay. All right. Amen and amen. He goes on from this. And I was reading in 1 Corinthians. I got distracted. Excuse me. Apologize. Brother Rubio. I mean, come on. It says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall be, have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, the, the, the devil had uh, power over death, but when Jesus died on the cross, no more. No more. Come on now. And it says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop there. And the last verse of the chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, says this. Therefore, that's one of them words we don't use so much anymore. Therefore, means because, because of all this, listen to the last statement. That's what it's saying. Because of all that, because Jesus Christ is coming back to get you, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know why we ought to live for Christ? Because He's coming back to get us any minute. I want to be glorious. Wouldn't it be something? I'm telling you what, Brother Martini, wouldn't it be something? I'm on the bus route, got a packed out bus, and Jesus comes back and says, Lord, I was doing this for you today. Praise God for it. Listen, it's not about you, it's all about Him. Okay, and what, what do we have to show for him? We got a life that we live for ourselves in our sin, our hand in the cookie jar. I like that illustration. My hand was in the cookie jar a lot as a kid. All right? But that illustration, if you don't know what I'm saying, I know that's kind of old school. Brother Trumpy and I, we get it, but the rest of them don't. Right, Brother Trumpy? It's just, listen, when mom says you can only have one cookie and yet you, she keeps getting you caught with your hand in the cookie jar. I've had a problem with cookies. I'm sorry. Okay? Forgive me in my sin, all right? I like a good old chocolate chip cookie when it's warm. Oh, man. When you take a bite on it, and I'm telling you what, and you pull away from your mouth, there's a big string of chocolates just hanging there. Comes down your chin. You're like, oh, I got some. And then you lick your hand. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. That was all like pre-COVID. I forgot. You know, you got to get your hand sand, and then you can lick your hand. All right, all right, good. Amen, amen. Come on now. Are you ready to meet Jesus? It's going to be a great surprise. It is. It's going to be a great surprise. Are you ready for it? The Bible says in Matthew 24, Then shall two be in, a field, in the field, and then one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. He's coming. 
I know they've had these movies and these books and these things about left behind. And I don't know about all that stuff. I haven't got into all that. But listen here. Let's get in the Bible. And not in Hollywood. And find out the truth. Again, I don't know about all that stuff. But what I am telling you is the Bible does teach that people will be left behind. Don't be one of those folks. Get saved. Don't be one of those folks that are accursed at His coming. Mm, the Lord just gave me that right there. 1 Corinthians, and I don't remember the passage, but it's, 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 uh, it's words in the Greek that means accursed at His coming. Don't be one of those people. Maranatha means at His coming, I believe. And there's another word, and I'm trying to remember, but it's a Greek word, and it's right there with it in 1 Corinthians. And it says that, that some will be accursed at His coming. Don't be one of those folks. It'll be a great surprise. It'll be a glorious reunion. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. It'll be a great reunion. I was just teasing a little bit about Pastor Don and Mrs. Smith, but sure, that sounds good, doesn't it, Mrs. Smith? That sounds real good. It's going to be in the twinkling of an eye. I don't know if you'll really see his body shoot out. That'd be kind of cool, but, you know, I don't know. But it says it'll be in the twinkling of an eye, and so I don't think we have to worry about too much of that. Amen. Got to stick to the Bible and not my, you know, visual stuff in my head, right? Amen. There will be a happy meeting in heaven, I know, when we see the many loved ones we've known here below. Gather on the blessed hilltops with hearts all aglow. That will be a glad reunion day. Anybody got someone you love in heaven? You're waiting to see them again? It's going to be a glad reunion day. It's going to be a glad day. Amen. Why must we preach about Jesus coming again? Why must we? Because it's imminent. Because it's imminent. Any minute. Any moment. I was talking to the choir this morning. We were just kind of warming up a little bit behind the platform and they were singing that song. I said, wouldn't it be cool if God was like a little dramatic on this thing and we got singing that song and right as at the end, I mean, the trump sounded, you know, and wouldn't it be cool? And that'd be a way, right? Listen, I don't know how God's going to do it all and I don't know when he's going to do it all. All I know is that it's coming and I'm excited and it's imminent. It's imminent. Any minute. See, the problem is, is that we as Christians and we as Americans today, we don't live with that mindset right on us. I mean, did I, really, I had to wake up and talk with the Lord a little bit and be reminded, God reminding me of what I was preaching today so that I would live today like it might be my last one. Amen? We, we don't live that way. You know, I've got neighbors that God put right around me that are unsaved, that are going to die and go to hell, they're going to be left behind if Jesus comes back today. And He put them there for me to reach. Am I living like I'm really mean that, that I know that Jesus Christ is coming back today? I ought to be living that way, shouldn't I? I got family that's still unsaved. You with me now? And if Jesus Christ came back today, their, their time would be up. It wouldn't have chance. But yet I don't live that way often. I don't think that way. In my flesh, I'm not reminded. i got to get in the Word of God and let the Spirit of God remind me of the truth. So I start living like I care about people. 
That I don't want to see him left here. Being left to the Antichrist and all that nonsense that's going to go on while I'm not here. Because I'm going to be up there with Christ. Amen? The judgment seat of Christ, that marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise God. Whew! Listen here, I get excited about the marriage supper because I know Peter saw the sheet with all the animals in it. I'm telling you what, there's going to be, there's going to be hogs up here. Come on. I mean, ham sandwich. Bless God. You know, I'll let the Kidwells eat all that chicken. I'll have some beef and some pork up here. I'll tell you what. Man, what do you think? Brother Shank, I'll share baby back ribs with you, buddy. Me and you, buddy. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be good? That'd be great. Listen, I just, I like to eat and I like talking about Jesus coming if you haven't figured that out yet. Okay, all right, moving on. All right, good. It's imminent. Here's the second reason. Here's the second reason it's important that we preach that Jesus Christ is coming back because it's also intimate. I know a lot of people get confused with that word, but intimate, it's close. It's right here. we, We oftentimes, we serve God like he's some genie in a lamp. Like he's like he's he's a, a Santa Claus that we talk to once a year when we're having trouble, or or, or that when, when we want something. Listen here, my God lives with inside me. If I'm, if you're saved, He lives inside of you, Holy Spirit of God. But but we don't live that way. We we live like He's somewhere out there, and then I'll I'll call on Him when I need Him. Listen here, all that's gonna all that's gonna be erased, and you're gonna be face to face with your Savior. It's gonna be intimate. It's gonna be hey. Me and Jesus. And you're going to stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. It is imminent, but it's also going to be intimate. I'm telling you, let's get ready for this thing. Let's get ready for it. Praise God. Look at your scripture in Titus here. Titus 2. Look at this thing here. We were in verse 13 and 14, but look back at verse 11. Verse 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. He wants you to be saved. God, Jesus Christ didn't come to die on the cross for just a couple of us. He came to die on the cross for the world. For God so loved the world. Not, not Shenandoah. Not Falling Waters. Not, not, not Inwood. But all of us. The whole world now. You with me? He wants you to be saved. God is not willing that any should perish. But here it is. Look at verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Does, does your Bible say that? Because mine does. Say so Jesus wants me to live right. And why? Because I'm all to be looking for that blessed hope, verse 13, and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why I ought to live the way I live. Because I ought to have my eyes on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, I believe it is. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. I ought to be looking on him and waiting for his coming. See, the Bible talks about giving crowns at the Jesus will give crowns at the judgment seat of Christ for things that we do here in our life after salvation. And one of those crowns is for being faithful until the end. It's a crown of faithfulness, being faithful unto the end. And when he comes again, will you and I be found faithful? Are we going to have to just suffer loss of that reward? Say, so what do you mean? What are you talking about? We don't. First Corinthians three says, well, "We will suffer loss at the judgment seat of Christ because He wants to give us these rewards, and yet some of us won't get them." 
It's not a time to pay for sin, but it is a time to show what we have done for Christ. The Bible says He saved us. He died for us. We ought to live for Him. Are you ready to meet Jesus? First John, the apostle, in 1 John, he, he says this in chapter 4. He says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Hmm, that's convicting right there. I'm supposed to be like my Jesus. I'm supposed to be more like Him every day. He's my example. I'm supposed to live like Him. So that in the day of judgment, I'll have boldness. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Here's what I've done for you. Again, it's not about us and our, our pride and all that. But it's for us to say, Lord, you're worthy. And I'm not. And here's what I've done for you. Cast them back at his feet. Say, God, you're worthy of it all. Can you imagine being at that, being at that judgment seat and not having anything to throw back at his feet? God, yes, you saved me. You redeemed me out of, out, of, out of hell. That's what I deserve. And I got nothing to show for it. Those, those good works that I'm talking about doesn't save your soul. It comes after your salvation. We discussed that last week. If you were here, you, we talked about how good works are because of salvation. It's a proof of salvation. It's not, the, it's not the price of it. You don't get saved by your good works. But you do good works because you are saved and you realize what Jesus did for you. And he's asked you to do something for him. Amen? Amen. Let's go, let's go here to Revelation 22, please. We're going to finish up with this. Talked about food so much, I'm a little hungry. Let's get it wrapped up. Anybody with me? All right, all right, good. Good, let's get this thing wrapped up. We get, get some lunch, amen? Revelation 22. Hey, I like to have fun with you, but I like to eat too. So let's have fun and eat. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> if you can't have fun, what are we doing? Come on. Ought to be some joy in the house of God. Man. Babe, I don't know what's for lunch, but I hope it's good. It's good. She gave me a thumbs up. It's good. All right. Amen. Amen. Look at, look at Revelation 22. This is the last chapter of the Bible here. This is John the Apostle and his revelation that Christ has given him to write these things down, right? And look, we'll see, if you have a red letter Bible, you will see where John was speaking and then Christ, it was his word here. Now, we know the whole Bible is the word of God. We understand that. But I like, I like to see it. I like my red letter Bible. And in verse 7, look at 22, verse 7. Behold, what's he say? I come quickly. Behold. I come quickly. You know what the word quickly means? I looked it up. I want to make sure that I knew. It means shortly, without delay, soon and suddenly. Behold, I come quickly. Jesus is saying, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen soon. That's what he said. Praise God for that. Look at verse 12. 22, 12. And behold, I come Come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as, as his work shall be. Look at verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Look at John's response. Amen. 
Even so, come, Lord Jesus. John said, I'm ready for you. John said, Lord, I'm ready. I want to see you again. I saw you ascend up on the Mount of Olives. And I know, I know the angel said you will descend just like that. And I'm ready and I'm waiting. Would you come? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Is that your heart today? Is that your spirit? Is that your prayer? When you're talking to the Lord, Lord, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. Come now, Lord. Shoo! Listen. I confess before you all the time. You know I'm a sinner. I mess up. I'm just like you, flesh and blood. I'm telling you what. But I try to live my life regularly confessing that sin before God. I don't want there to be something between my soul and the Savior. God has given me the responsibility to preach the word today. And if there's something between me and God, and I'm hindering the work of God, and I'm not getting, the the Spirit of God's not directing me because I'm in my flesh, and and, and there might be somebody here that needs to be saved, and God, uh, God, uh, 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 His work is hindered because of my flesh and my sin. Well, the blood is on my hands. He said to Ezekiel, the the man on the wall, if he doesn't shout it out and do as he's supposed to do, then then, then the blood of the people is on his hands. Listen, I try to live regularly with confessed sin before my God. I'm ready to meet him. I'm ready to see him. I hope he comes right now. Amen? I hope he comes right now. I wonder, are you ready to meet him right this second? If we're not... Let's, let's get this thing taken care of. Let's get this taken care of today. If you're not saved, get saved. Bible says it's a free gift. You've got to believe and you've got to ask. Because we're all sinners and the wages of sin is death. All have, come, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen? We're all sinners and we all need to get saved. We all need Jesus Christ. Okay? The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? It's an idea of, of the word repent, repentance, right? So you're headed this way in your life. Your sin is taking you to hell. And the Bible says repent, right? And repent is kind of a, it's like a military term. And it's about, about face. And to turn, to get away from where I'm headed in my life and what my sin will take. And I'm I'm saying, Lord, I'll turn to you. I need you. It's not about me. It's about you, Lord. It's not about what I've done in my life. It's about this decision right now. That God, you can save me because you died and rose again. And I trust you. Will you save me? About face. Now, many of us in this room have, t- have made that decision. If you haven't made that decision, I encourage you today to call on Christ and ask for salvation. Again, I'm a sinner. My sin deserves hell. But Jesus said, I don't want you to go there. God's not willing that you perish. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants to give you everlasting life. But here it is, Christian. How about you? Too often we've got our hand in the cookie jar. Too often we're not ready to meet our Savior. And we're living in our flesh and in sin. And we will not be all so excited to see Him. 
didn't I take care of this? Why didn't I take care of this? I mean, the one who saved me to keep me out of hell, and here I don't have, I don't have anything for him when, at his coming. I'm not bringing that soul that he put next to me that he's been working on my heart to witness to for the last two weeks, and I haven't done it. I haven't done it. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Let's bow together, Lord. Together, please. Lord, thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you. There's not enough, Lord, there, 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 we cannot say thank you enough. We can't do enough to show you, Lord, that we love you and say thank you for dying on the cross, paying for our sin debt that we deserve, going to a wretch, wretch, uh, a terrible place like hell, Lord, and paying for my sin. And yet, Lord, you had victory over that because you're God, you're God Almighty. Lord, you weren't just some man, but you're God. God the Son rose from the dead. Father, thank you for doing that. Had victory over death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? God, thank you for that. I pray this morning, God, we'd be mindful of this. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice for us. Thank you for your resurrection for us. And thank you for eternal Salvations, Lord, do I can get saved and for eternity I'll be in heaven with you. God, help us, please. Maybe there's one here today that needs to get saved. Maybe there's one here today that needs to deal with some things. God, may we not in our pride and in our, uh, our flesh hang on and stay where we're at, but may we respond accordingly as you are speaking to hearts this morning. God, as individuals, it's not about... It's not about my uh, other people around me today. It's not about somebody across the sanctuary. It's not about somebody else that I, that I see that's here today. It's about me, Lord. What am I, am I ready to meet Jesus? Lord, help me. Am I saved? And am I living like I'm ready? Help me, God. Not to impress other people. Not to impress the preacher or some uh, one of the deacons or some other family in the church or, or even one of our own family, but God, to, to, to live for Jesus Christ. Help us this morning. I believe He's coming back. Like He said. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.